Welcome to Divorce TV and today we have our expert Carl Roberts of Split Smart focusing on co-parenting plans, shared story with Sherry Davies and a healing with Jane Long and I've got three juicy news stories for you. BBC is talking about Kanye West who's agreed to joint custody of his and Kim Kardashian's four young children. So his response mirrors Kardashian's divorce filing from the 19th of February, which began the process of ending their almost seven year marriage. In both of their filings, the US rapper and the TV reality star agreed that their marriage should end over irreconcilable differences. They also agreed that they do not need spousal support. That's because they're both so rich. West and Kardashian have two daughters, North and Chicago, age seven and three respectively, and two sons, Saint, five and Palm, who turns two next month. According to the Kardashians filing, they kept their property separate throughout their marriage because of the terms of a prenuptial agreement. So it sounds like they should be able to keep it all nice and peaceful. So well done to them. In the Lad Bible, we have a story about man marries same woman four times and divorces her three times to get more paid leave. This man definitely has very little respect for the institution of marriage. A man in Taiwan married as the same woman four times, divorced her three times over the course of just over a month in a bizarre attempt to get more paid leave from the bank that he worked at. According to reports from Times Now News, the man works as a clerk at the bank in Taipei and fancied his chances of getting some extra holiday. Now, if you get married, you get eight days of paid leave in Taipei. So he decided that he'd swing it so that he got married, then immediately divorced his new wife and married her again to repeat the process. That meant that he eventually accrued 32 days of paid leave. But the bank wasn't having it. Whilst they approved the leave for the first eight days around the initial marriage, they refused all of the subsequent requests he made after he divorced her once the eight days were up and returned to ask for more leave. Even so, the worker thought that he'd just carry right on and go through with the marriages and divorces. Then, once that was all done, he filed a grievance with the Taipei City Labour Bureau, accusing the bank of breaking the law by refusing his leave. Incredibly, they reviewed the case and ruled in his favour. The bank was found to have violated Article 2 of the Labour Leave Rules in order to pay a fine equivalent of £512. That was in October 2020 and the bank have since appealed and claimed that the man's malicious abuse of marriage leave was not a legitimate cause of leave under the Labour Leave Rules according to the New Talk Taiwan. Despite that, the Beishi Labour Bureau upheld their ruling on April the 10th, 21, 2021, stating that even though the employer's behaviour was unethical, it wasn't illegal, and therefore he was actually entitled to the leave that he'd asked for. I wouldn't recommend trying that one yourself. And to finish with, the Times of India is talking about, in Bengaluru, out-of-job hubby turns escort and wife seeks divorce. A 24-year-old woman has sought divorce after her husband, who lost his job in the impact of COVID-induced lockdown, became a commercial sex worker and kept his new profile under wraps. Despite intervention through a helpline with extensive counselling sessions, the couple couldn't resolve their differences and are set to part ways by mutual consent. 
His wife noticed something unusual as he was extremely engaged with his laptop and mobile phone and started making untimely and unexplained visits to places about which he wouldn't discuss in detail with her. In mid-November, his wife took the help of her techie brother to crack open her husband's laptop only to find a folder with graphic photos. She discovered he was a male escort charging uh, 3,000 to 5,000 rupees per hour and had numerous clients in the city. Her husband declared his love for his newfound secretive profession, which was introduced to him by a close friend, but promised to give up being a gigolo to save his marriage. However, his wife was determined to end the relationship and the couple have now filed a mutual consent divorce petition. Uh, that's not the first time we've had a story <laughs> along those lines, and it must be very difficult when your, your spouse despite, decides to become a sex worker. So yeah, if you've got any comments on that, do put them in the comments. Let us know if maybe if that's something you've experienced. And Carl, we welcome Carl as our expert for, for this week. Um, so Carl, you are, you've been on the show a little while ago, Split Smart. I'm always mentioning Split Smart to um, everybody, basically, who comes into the app. It's in there in the Best Way to Divorce app. I think it's a fantastic resource for co-parents. And we're going to focus today, aren't we, talking a bit about the, the creating a co-parenting plan side of things. Could you just start by just saying what you what made you create this well i mean as a lot of us in this business i mean we're inspired by our own life's journey and our life experiences and mine was a nine-year high conflict divorce and custody battle that just never should have been and in that you you i mean most of us have been through that we recognize how often children are just put in the middle of this they whether it's a a financial prize on their head because of of child support or the of of the emotions of one or both of the parents that are using the children as weapons against the other it's just not needed i mean it's obviously not good for children and and you know and i my in in my journey just you know the light bulb came on how to how to solve this for those parents and keep children out of the middle and in simple terms it's basically it's online software that if you if you you might have a few kind of discussions you've had about the child arrangements but for most people they don't sit down and make a proper plan and agreement and always i always stress to people it doesn't have to be a legally binding agreement it's just you, you, something you need to talk about i mean it's important isn't it um so perhaps talk us through a little bit about how how your software helps people ar- arrange their co-parenting and what and, and the details of that you cover because it's like a template isn't it it is a template it's a pretty exhaustive template you know here in the u.s we had the four areas of decision making we got four different types of schedules being school summer vacation and holidays and about 15 miscellaneous items of which you can always add more to yourself and when you have a fairly amicable couple that they they can kind of run through this and you know put all the details that they'd like that, that suits their family fairly easily in kind of a single pass or a single setting type thing but for a lot of people, I mean, so the, the, the idea was to try to present, provide, you know, the less than amicable parents, the, 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 the guardrails kind of stay on that straight and narrow path. Because a lot of people, when they start talking about custody type matters, they oftentimes kind of enter this, this conversation in a more emotional state. And so when they're more emotional, then, they, then they're not really speaking for the benefit of the child. They're, they're speaking more for their selfish benefit, and whether that's punitive towards the other or, or whatever the case is, it's just not 
not more child centered, more child centered. And so I've got this kind of belief that, and so in this large template, it's kind of a line item negotiation process for each individual item. And I've got this belief that um, a written position softens a verbal stance. And, you know, again, that verbal stance being more emotionally driven, where it's just not child centric. But writing it down, we're all going to go through this process of thinking about, you know, what our words mean. Because we don't want the, that other parent to look at our words or point, be able to point at the words and say, see, he's in this for himself. We want our words to represent that we are in this for the children and then the right thing. And so by that very measure, we, you know, soften our positions to be more child-centric. And so even on the more difficult items, we are able to kind of get to a more palatable place for the children and our families as, as, as a whole. You know, at the end of the day, I really believe that we all want, you know, peace, love, and equality, you know, going forward. And, you know, and it's just the emotions that get so many of us tripped up and heading down that negative path that just is not beneficial for us ourselves, much less for our children. And that's my goal is to, you know, keep us all on that straight and narrow path to getting there. And I guess in a way it really takes out all, all the um, opportunity to argue right up front because it's, whereas a discussion might dissolve into an argument very quickly or bitchy texts, for example, if you're just using your software and someone's going, right, these are the school holidays, there's nothing to argue yeah. about. At least, you, at least you can kind of get that bit in there. And then the next step is who's going to have who in the school holidays and how's that going to work? And, and that's where things could get more contentious, perhaps. But you're not talking to them, are you? You're just sending them something and they can approve it and disapprove it so they can interact with it. But they're not having to interact with you personally which is the key let's yes. face it yeah so the, there's two basic decisions that people that amicable parents make every day whether they think about it or not they are first there's they're separating time and money custody and child support to be able to solve both more easily and on the money side they're clearly distinguishing between adult benefit of money and child benefit of money and just to avoid that conflict, because I mean, most of us want to be able to provide for our children to the best of our ability, but not a single one amongst us wants to provide for the ex through child support. And you know that's that's where the, a lot of the problem is. So yeah, so and this is a pre-decree type template. So it's just trying to get you into that framework of thinking of okay, this is what we want, and you know, and and not not selfishly oriented, but for the family as a whole. And by, by creating this template, this agreement, again, and, and you can legalize it by attaching it as, a, as an exhibit within your agreement, but it is just kind of gets you to that happy place that much easier. And also, if, if people are going, perhaps using mediation, for example, or collaborative process to, to have those difficult discussions, just to have it all kind of laid out and organized and it must it must be easy can you sort of print stuff out is that, is that how it works yeah i mean so again so the, the parenting plan is you know for all practical purposes it's a working document during the mediation phase so as you work through the i mean and so again, the idea is a couple can kind of you know 
find those those little bits of pieces where they agree on so they can work and where they agree on the items that then then that position is kind of listed in the middle and it's marked off as agreed and but where they have yet to reach agreement then it's side by side positioned on each individual item and so you know you know basically i talk about it here and you know in the states being from a football terms i mean the mediator is able to start off at the 20 yard line going in versus the opposite end zone uh where people show up throw up and blow up uh you know to get things done so they they put some thought into this beforehand and it really it changes the entire dynamics of the process i think that's so true particularly when you've got a contentious co-parenting relationship to begin with the things that you inevitably there will be some things that you can agree on because they're things like these are the school holidays if that's if nothing else and it is psychologically it's really powerful to have being able to tick off the things that you do agree about because i think people go straight for what they disagree about and and ignore all the areas of of agreement um and as you say changes the whole culture of the of the discussion i've just did a a workshop last night for uh people who are divorcing a difficult spouse and and some of them in very, very difficult situations. Um, I know you had quite a tricky time. Could you explain a little bit about how, um, why, if you have a very difficult spouse, this software is perhaps even even more useful? Yeah, I mean, I think that, so that, that's really what, you know, the, the you know, so I built this in the worst of circumstances around, the, you know, inspired by the worst of the worst type thing, right? And so again, the, the, and you have to have people, I mean, both parents have to participate for it to have value. And, uh, and so, but, and so again, when you start, when med- if you got a mediator, the mediator wants to know your position on each, on every item, you know, so that they can try to reach you to agreement. And so it's simply, I mean, whether or not you can agree to, to things or not, you're able to just state your position and just by, you know, and people want to state the position instead of, again, showing up, throwing up, and blowing up. And just by stating that position, we all kind of go through that natural process of thinking, you know, kind of checking our words, hopefully, <laughs> and, uh, and checking our words. And so instead of continuing to change the, the, the goalposts, so to speak, we're kind of putting it down black and white. We start to separate the emotions from the process. And it's so much, I mean, again, from a mediator standpoint, if they can kind of, from a best practices standpoint, have their clients, you know, again, acknowledge, what do you want out of this, peace or conflict? And, okay, well, we got to reinforce this peace. I mean, whatever decisions you're going to make, it's going to reinforce one of those. So let's try to reinforce those peaceful thoughts. And it's incredibly easy if you once you make that intelligent decision. That's brilliant. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting you back because there's another aspect, isn't it, around the financial aspect. So but we'll we'll get you back soon, hopefully, to come and talk about that. Thank you so much. Uh, and for everyone who's watching a free app, Best Way to Divorce, in there you will find in the Welcome Pack access to Split Smart. Uh, go and try it. Thank you, Susie. <laughs> Thanks so much. And we are going to have a very short QR Masterclass. And in this, we are still on Calm Seas, which is the last section of the divorce discovery journey. A couple of things I wanted to share with you. And this section is called Attack. So what do I mean by that? So when we're obsessed with how victimised an attack we feel, we 
we often lose track of what is most important. So my suggestion is that you do three things. The first one is that whenever your ex or their lawyer do something that makes you feel bad, just notice how personally you take it, when in fact that may not be the intention at all. Sometimes it is, especially if you get a nasty letter on a Friday night, but quite often it's the way you've chosen to interpret that communication, um, not necessarily how it was meant. And allow yourself to imagine for a moment that this actually is nothing personal. It's just the business of divorce. Then the second thing I found really useful was to have a mantra to dispel the wave of despair and rage that often accompanies feeling attacked and bullied emotionally. So my one was, I used to go, he loves me. And I used to laugh out loud because that did not seem to be the truth at that time. But the more I said it, the less attached I felt and the more at peace I could feel and my actions were then more rational and this ultimately made healthy co-parenting more possible. Um, the, what's interesting to note is that your subconscious has no filter for truth. Uh, so whatever you tell yourself, you'll automatically begin to believe that, which is very handy. And the third aspect we're going to talk about next week, it's to get your children to help you. So I got my, my I didn't got, I asked my kids to give me some advice and they literally wrote the 10 commandments of, um, of co-parenting, uh, particularly when you have a, a new person in the relationship. But I'll be sharing sharing that with you next week. Preparing now for our shared story. And welcome to Sherry. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, and getting past all the technical hitches that everybody has when they try and come on the show, but no one would ever tell. So thank you so much. And um, what's the shared story that you're going to be uh, sharing with us today? Yes. Yes, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, my uh, divorce has really been part of my life story, and I'm really passionate now about helping other people going through divorce realize they can create kind of the post-divorce family that they that works for them in a, in a healthy way. Um, I went through a divorce um, with my mom and dad. Got divorced when I was six, um, and then my mom remarried when I was nine and divorced again when I was 15. And so for me, it was just part this, for me, divorce always represented, there were aspects of loss, um, disconnection. I lost relationships with um, family, extended family. I didn't have a very present father in my life. And um, so I, when I really you can imagine, I really never wanted to get divorced. Um, but when I found myself, it's almost 10 years ago, um, this fall, I, had been married 16 years. Uh, we had two beautiful daughters who are nine and 11. And I didn't, it came very suddenly. I discovered that and learned that my um, husband was gay. And I um, knew instantly that my marriage was going to end. And even though I had sensed something, I had been crying every day, my body kind of was preparing me. I think like something is mm -hmm. happening, something is coming. And, but I didn't want to look at my marriage as being the issue because I really didn't want to be divorced. Um, so I 
I realized, even though there were very hard times um, to follow, including um, my ex-husband, now ex-husband, ended up um, being laid off and taking a job um, across the country, and we ended up co-parenting our, our daughters um, across the country from each other. And so I um, really learned that I needed to communicate well. I needed to really put the kids um, first and what was important for them. And he, he really also agreed, thankfully. Um, and so it was a really, um, there were really tough times in going through the adolescent years. Um, and he ended up uh, um, choosing a, he has a boyfriend who um, has been a really um, important part of our co-parenting and has really, uh, we've all benefited from, from that and, um, and including our daughters. And so it's been, it's been really an, an interesting journey. And um, I, like my mother, who still, I think, really held on to like how divorce used to be done, she would say, I'm just going to follow your lead. You know, like, okay, it's okay for us to have, you know, okay, I can still send a birthday card to my former son-in-law and his boyfriend. My mother does both of those things. Um, Lovely. You know, like I can, uh, <laughs> um, you know, because for her, she just knew how she operated was just, like, we're not going to talk. We don't. I, I lost relationships with grandparents, cousins, which I reconnected with as an adult because connection is just so important to me. Um, and so, yeah, so I, it was really it's been a really um, interesting journey, um, you know, and our daughters now are in college. We for high school graduation, um, we ended up have my my older daughter's graduation several years ago, three years ago now. She, um, we had, you know, it was my mom, it was my ex-husband, his boyfriend, his, the boyfriend's dad, my ex-husband's divorced parents. It was like, we had a, pro all, a proper together. extended, yeah, proper it extended was, yes. family. And yeah. So it's, sometimes I was, I'm just, I'm so struck by, wow, I, I did, somehow I did this and I, it, and, you know, I got support and help along the way and thankfully had you know, my ex-husband, I think, you know, realized he came from divorced parents as well, but realized like we need to, I think we all just felt better that we um, could do this and be, get along. So we now travel together. <laughs> um, we've been on trips, you know, we all, we all, you know, we cook, the, we have a family group chat with, with, um, you know, all of the girls and me and my, um, my ex-husband and his boyfriend. Um, and I think they're, they're used to that. I think some of their friends are surprised, you know, when, you know, that we all get along, but I think it really helps us that whole, whatever, making lemonade out of lemons, yeah. you know, it is this, like, how can I, I think some, it felt very out of control. Like I didn't have control over that situation that happened, but I, I do have control over how I choose, you know, how I choose to respond, yeah. how I choose to behave and um, model for our girls that life doesn't always, you know, go the way you think it's going to go. But, you know, you can choose how to kind of create your life moving forward. And I think I think it's amazing that your mum re recognised that the way her divorce went was just cutting everything off and it, it wasn't a great thing for the children or for you. Did, did you have brothers and sisters mm -hmm. as well? I, ha I have a younger sister, yes. Yeah. I mean, my father, unfortunately, has serious mental health issues mm -hmm. and so wasn't able to really be a, a parent, a, a, you know, involved parent mm -hmm. in my life and, you know, there, no child support. So my mom, you know, now that I'm, I'm a mom and 
you know, I've now gone through divorce, you know, I can understand a lot of the choices she made mm -hmm. and the difficult situation she was in to all of a sudden have to support, you know, two daughters and not receive any child support. And so I think that some of that financial instability leads us to then get into relationships too quickly, like she did with my stepdad, mm -hmm. um, which wasn't a good match. And, you know, but it was still a, a huge transition and loss again mm -hmm. for me. You know, having I had two stepsisters, we all lived together, and then uh, one day it was over, and I never talked to them again. Oh, so, that's, that's yeah. shocking. And yeah. but it, it's we're so lucky in this day and age, uh, in <laughs> not all countries, but many countries where we do have more freedom to be more intelligent about how we do things where mm -hmm. possible. Because obviously, when you have mental illness, um, violence, mm -hmm. it's not so easy. Mm -hmm. But uh, right. I love your story, and that's <laughs> led you to do what you do now, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I've been a licensed clinical social worker for 20 years and worked yeah. with teenagers and young adults. And I am uh, I have a coaching business and I'm a certified divorce coach. And so I'm um, I work with people to help, you know, help them, you know, learn how to be kind to themselves and be self-compassion is a big thing of, that I know is so important for parenting teenagers <laughs> as well as going through divorce. We all need um, self-compassion. Mm -hmm. And um, gratitude to practice gratitude for the things we can we can feel grateful for. Um, you know, I am grateful that I did. You know, that I did. It did come out earlier, and we didn't try to keep the marriage together until our youngest graduated high school. It was better. You know, it, that it came out. That it was better. You know, that we were able to to really have that time to I, for me especially to rebuild my life um, before all of a sudden my kids were gone so yeah no that's very true yeah. i think it's, it's traumatic enough mm -hmm. when the children leave but to then be divorcing yeah. as well is often the worst time and it's also really I think older hard. yeah and older children they don't want their parents living a lie either they, right. they can be very get very obsessed yeah. yes. about that can't they so i think it was so courageous yeah. of you yeah. both to to yeah we're but, living more lovely. authentically yeah yes living that yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that story. And um, so hope you, hopefully you can come back at a later date and give us some more stories was... from your own experience because you must have had a few adventures to make that all work so well. And it would be lovely to hear yes, them. Yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Sherry. Bye-bye. Quick look at the, the app. I wanted to draw your attention. Best way to divorce dot online will take you to the free best way to divorce app. And one of the things to keep an eye on is three critical divorce facts. Um, that is a it's a free, it's also free. You've got no excuses. And in there are the three things that are as as far as divorce strategies go can make such a big difference. So and, and they're really important and they're not the things on the whole that anyone else will tell you i don't know why that's why i do what i do so go and listen to those if you if you've got the app and you haven't bothered to look at the three critical divorce um, app, um facts go in there it's a short video but it's really really valuable and i do encourage you to look at it we had a fantastic workshop uh, last night and this one is uh back to our normal type which is the ideal for people early stages or just wanting to start to take a bit more control over it and we've got that coming up in June. Um, I'm very very keen to run a US one I keep saying it because I'm hoping someone will say come and run a US one with us Susie and I really think we should because we get great attendance and people get a huge amount of value from these workshops. Ready now for the healing.
welcome to Jane. Hello, hi Susie. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, what are you, what a delight have you for us to end the show with today? Well, this ties in, I think, quite nicely with what you've been uh, speaking about with your guests so far. So, you're mentioning little experiences about changing your states, um, and so this is a gentle session to shift from discomfort um, to finding some ease and, and peace. Uh, with your experience as it is now. Fabulous. Well, I shall let you take it away. Thank you. Okay. So as I mentioned, this is a, a gentle session um, to shift from discomforts to feeling at ease. So perhaps um, I wonder if there's a situation that's bothering you at the moment. Is there something that you'd like the answer to or perhaps you're experiencing emotional or physical discomfort through this meditation i'll invite you to tap into your experience as it is now and discover how to find the unlimited resources to light calm and peace and just remember that you already have all the resources you need by trusting in yourself and using your body and your breath it's a great way to access your intuition so now um, i invite you to notice the connection with your chair or wherever you're you're sitting at the moment perhaps your sitting bones are connecting with your seats your lower back supported and firm and if you'd like to, you could close your eyes or lower your gaze and placing your hands where they land, perhaps on your lap or just down by your side. Maybe you want to squeeze your hands or self-soothe and gently take some breaths in and out and sitting with alertness and awareness. We become observers of our sensations in our body and our thoughts in our minds while we are alert and aware. So now just place your feet on the floor, the whole area of your feet firmly on the ground so your heels, your arches and balls of your feet, pads of your toes, and notice the ground receiving your feet. And as you breathe in, send your awareness down to one foot and breathing out. And breathing in again, and sending your awareness to the other foot. And then breathing in again and sending your awareness to both feet together. And that awareness will wander down, down through the floor 
and down into the earth below. And it's okay if you find that your mind is wandering or distracting you. It's what your mind does. So you can just guide your awareness back down to your feet and be present and grounded. And now you are grounded. You send that awareness back up to your feet, through your ankles and up through your calves, through your knees and through your thighs and just arrive at your hips. And your hips being the center point of your body. Moving to your tummy, your solar plexus, and then arrive at your chest, your heart center. And if you'd like to, you can place your, your hand on your heart and take three deep breaths in and out. and in and out. And last time in and out. And gently just breathing and being aware of your heart space. And what arises for you as you're breathing into that space? If there are any sensations of discomfort or unwanted thoughts or feelings, just acknowledge them, accept them for what they are. They're just thoughts and feelings and you are an observer of these thoughts and feelings. And as you take gentle breaths in and out, you do so with acknowledgements. And now I invite you to shift your focus and tap into the sensation you experience when you bring a person that you care into your mind or a happy memory. How is that for you? What sensations are there? Do you smell fresh air? Are there colors? Is there a taste to experience? Make this a real sensorial experience. And keep your hand on your heart and breathe that new sensation into your heart. Breathing in and out. and in 
and out. And as you bathe in this wonderful feeling, ask your heart for intuition or a solution to resolve any discomfort or unwanted experiences. And listen and see or feel what your heart is trying to tell you. Maybe some words or images or a message. How clear is that for you? How do you want things to really be? Keep with the breathing in and out. And in and out. And now bring in a sense of appreciation to yourself and all those in your life. And that's coming from your heart space. Knowing that with each breath, you're sending positive signals all through your nervous system, emitting through your energy fields and creating a loving, safe space for you right in this moment. And let's take this newfound energy up into your throat and to your neck area and into your shoulders and releasing any tension, just letting it go, sending the loving energy up into your jaw, allow your jaw to, to drop or soften, let your tongue relax to the bottom of your mouth and send that energy into your headspace allowing any thoughts to pass freely and you will have thoughts and you accept them and allow them to pass Your energy is now ready to shine, shine through your crown space. And imagine it as a bright white light connecting, connecting you to your energy field around you, connecting with your universe. And then showering golden white light all around you. Just breathing gently and know that you are safe and protected and calm. Thank you. And with that, we can say, in the war of divorce, on the battlefield of family separation, always make peace your weapon of choice.